Tis the season to be catching up on your favorite CW shows. See why everyone's being charmed by Stargirl. She's the new generation of justice. Join TV's most brilliant detective, Nancy Drew, as she and her fearless friends get to the bottom of their town's twisted mysteries and soar into the darkness of Gotham City with Batwoman. She's the kind of hero the world needs right now. Catch up for free on the CW app before brand new seasons of Nancy Drew and Batwoman begin January 2021, only on the CW. With AMC Plus, the plus doesn't just mean more, it means better. Available through the platforms you're already on, AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle with the best of AMC, plus the complete collections of Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. Get the latest from The Walking Dead with early access and exclusives. Binge acclaimed series like Mad Men, ad-free, and with new content dropping each week, like Gangs of London, a powerful drama about London's criminal underworld, there's always something fresh to check out. Sign up at amcplus.com, amcplus.com, AMC Plus, only. The good stuff. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bravo Happy Hour. Just a reminder that if you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to give it a five-star rating and leave a little review. It's the best way to let other Bravo lovers find out about the show. Today's episode is blessed with the presence of David Yontif. He's the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, which is a show dedicated to observing the chaos and the insane times that ensue from hanging out with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Welcome back to the show, David. Thank you for having me, Megan. How are you? I am great. I am cooped up week 400 of the quarantine. <laughs> Seriously, I don't even count anymore. Like people who are like, oh, this is day whatever. I'm like, how do you know? I don't know, I don't know. how the people who have done like 71 days and haven't even taken a walk outside. That is just insane to me. Well, I'm pretty much that person. <laughs> uh, I leave, I mean, I'm cooped up in New York City. And so... You know, I leave every like seven to 10 days to go to the grocery store and I buy enough food to feed an army and it's just me and then I just freeze it and then I just use it and then I just intersperse some deliveries down there. So it doesn't really count if you go down and say hi to your doorman and pick up food, I don't think. <laughs> I have been ordering so much delivery. I cannot stop. There's just like a moment I hit a wall when it comes to cooking and I'm just over it. I don't want to cook. I don't want to wash a dish. I just want a cheeseburger delivered to my door in 41 minutes. And well, I'm also, well, I mean, I, I, I don't cook at all, so I don't <laughs> even make the attempts, but uh, no, I've never turned my stove on in my apartment. It's, it's used as a wine cellar. I have wine in my stove, literally. Which for everyone who lives in New York, I mean, Megan's mouth is like dropping open on the floor. <laughs> for everyone who lives in New York, it's not that unusual. People use their stoves for all sorts of things here. You know, this was supposed to be a time where people like learn how to do new things. Maybe you will start cooking. Maybe that'll ensue. <laughs> I have learned how to do so much, but cooking, unfortunately, is not going to be. If we're still in quarantine in a year, fine. I will <laughs> learn how to cook. But I'm also ordering for like, for me, it's like if I'm going to leave my building, press the elevator, go downstairs, see other people in my lobby, I'm ordering as if I'm ordering for a family of four. <laughs> like I'll get like three large pizzas. Like I, once you're going to, I'm going to have contact with the human being. I just want as much as possible. And then I'll just freeze it. <laughs> that makes sense. But do they give you like 
15 sets of cutlery and you're like, nope, it's just me. <laughs> they give me 15 sets and I'm like, I want it all because I need the cutlery because now I don't even have to wash anything. So oh my God, that yeah, is so funny. This is well, my life. <laughs> you obviously are a New Yorker and are obsessed with the Real Housewives of New York as much as I am. I listened to your interview with Harry Dubin from the infamous Harry Dubin from the Real Housewives of New York, who's basically the like a carousel that every girl on the <laughs> cast has ridden over the years. But that interview was juicy. So tell me how you met him, obviously at the Regency, do a quick fast forward into it, but tell me a little bit about hanging out with him. I mean, yeah. So, you know, like the genesis of my podcast really started in the sense that I was like, you know, there's a lot of recap podcasts out there and like, you know, other type of podcasts. And I'm like, no one is really talking about, I mean, I really do hang out with a lot of these people in real life, not even just the New York cast. So I was like, no one is really bringing this, like, I'm kind of like a mole. It's kind of like, <laughs> I'm your friend and I'm really hanging out with you. And these drinks are great. But tomorrow morning when I click on my microphone and start talking on my show, everything we're doing here is going to be repeated. And somehow people are like, one of the biggest questions I get are like, how are you able to keep having your podcast? Like, aren't these people mad at you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, like they're, they're talked about so much that the little harmless things that I say, you know, so Harry, it's like, listen, it was a new year, n- new resolutions. <laughs> and this year I'm like, who do I need to go befriend? And so, I mean, literally it's a targeted thing that I started th- this new year, 2020. And I'm like, I'm just going to start going to the Regency and I'm going to become friends with Harry. That's just that simple. He's next on my list. And <laughs> then I did. And I mean, I met Harry and I mean, we are like really good friends. I mean, he called me the other night and we were getting off the phone. He was like, love you. I mean, not, not in a sexual way. Right? <laughs> Harry That's is the a... real scoop. He's like actually now really, like he's switching teams. He's hooked up with every woman in the tri-state area. Now he's like, I'm gay. Why not? No, and it's the exact opposite. Like, don't <laughs> think that I haven't, I've helped Harry out. Let's just say that. Like I've gone to the Regency sometimes with some of my girls and I have gotten Harry one or two of my friends. You seem like you'd be a really good wingman. I am the best, really. I am really, there's, there's not so many things that I'm good at life in anymore, Megan. I, I'm like a good podcast host <laughs> and I'm a good wingman and I'm, I'm a good drinker too. So th- these are three things that I'm good at. Honestly, those are three things I also consider myself good at. Maybe not the wingwoman part, but definitely the podcast host and the drinking part. I'm so good at both of those things. I mean, there was a night I was at the Regency and I brought this girl and Harry was like, I mean, as soon as he walked over to us, I was like, oh God. And then he went to the bathroom and my friend was like, you have to come to dinner with us. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you need to speak up then because I'm not going to like crash your like, and this dinner wasn't like in three months. It was like, Harry was like, I'm taking you to dinner right now. And she was like, you have to come with us. I'm like, listen, I'll hang out with you and Harry all night and have as many dinners as you want. I'm just not going to be the one to, to drop down the gauntlet and say, I have to come. I'm like, this will be good cop, bad cop. So when Harry came back from the bathroom, she was like, David has to come with us. And I was like, no, no, you guys go alone. And she was like, and then she insisted so much. And Harry was like, come to dinner. I don't care. <laughs> so, but that's how I met him. I mean, I went and sought him out and now we are really BFF. So that's how I got him on my podcast because he doesn't really do podcasts. No, I've never really heard him on any other shows. I definitely really enjoyed 
him talking about how he met all the ladies. I think the Sonia situation was really interesting. So he said that they had met in Washington, D.C. one night and she left him at the bar, but told him where she was staying. And then he went to like all of the hotels. I guess there was like a hotel chain. And so he went to a bunch of them and within an hour he found her Then they went out for dinner to a jazz club, whatever. They had a blast. And then she went back to his hotel room and bathed him in a bathtub. Like that is so sexy. I've that's, never heard of that. <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, <laughs> and you heard me on the podcast. I'm like, she bathed you? And he's like, yeah, she bathed me. And I'm like, Sonia, I mean, really? I mean, does this shock you, though, that Sonia wanted to bathe him? I love the idea of bathing a man on the first date. I feel like that's a really ballsy move. (laughs) Well, Harry very much enjoyed it. So there you go. about it 40 years later or something. But of course, like, my mind is so, like, sometimes I get lost in, in the grass. I'm just like, what do you mean you went to every hotel? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this was, like, you know, back in the 90s or whatever it was yeah. <laughs> you know where like you were able to just walk into a town and they're like yeah she's in room 407 and <laughs> he just went up and knocked on the door like that would never happen in today's society that is so cool so also um just speaking of just real housewives of new york stuff sonia also was talking to page six this week and was saying she's trying to find love through a matchmaker and she said quote love is on the horizon i'm not looking for a man to take care of me i want to be spoiled and i want to get pounded and shit-faced but at home in private <laughs> well so she's like quarantine dating now i guess <laughs> yes i like i want to be spoiled and i want to get pounded and shit-faced <laughs> like that is kind of like yeah. Um, like, that's the key to dating, I guess. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I have no problem with that statement either. I mean, I'd like, yeah, I, I would like all of the above. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, he also said on this show, one, you guys got really explicit. When he said, uh, there was one point where he, you were like, so can I ask you very specific questions? <laughs> and at that point, my stomach just dropped. I was like, where is this going? And then the two of you got really deep into talking about his like sexual relationships with Lou versus Sonia. And it was weird to like compare the two and compare his like sexual situations with both of them. I was actually pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> Honey, I was uncomfortable and I was sitting in the room. You know, I mean, see, this, this is the thing. Like, I mean, I think... That is the one thing, you know, like when I am interviewing, because my show isn't just like me, you know, talking about all my, you know, like these are my friends and I'm hanging out and I'm a mole and I'm observing everything. It helps me book these guests, not only book them, but they kind of answer almost anything I ask just because I'm friends with these people. Well, I so think that helps. Yeah. But I was very uncomfortable too, you know, so much so that I actually, listen, I would never not air an interview. Like I feel it is my duty to my audience. I take my job very seriously, Megan, (laughs) as, as a podcast host in that, you know, I feel like once the interview is recorded, I feel like I would never crush an interview. So I knew I was going to put it out, but I really had second guesses because you know, I'm the one that asked the question. I mean, I asked a direct question to him eventually, who's better in bed, Sonia <laughs> or Luann? I mean, it doesn't get more direct than that. No, but don't you're you, not beating around the bush. <laughs> but don't you think that is truly the question that the world wants to know? Well, yeah, in a fucked up way it is. But then it also, like we were talking about this before, like you asking it is somewhat harmless. But if I were to ask Harry Dubin that, like- 
I feel like it would land on deaf ears. He'd be like, I'm not saying that. But with you, like you guys had been like 40 minutes into the conversation. You clearly have a friendship. And he was really willing to go deep. You guys listen to it because I cannot say the words that he said. (laughs) I do not want to throw up in my mouth. I'm trying to host a show. But listen to the (laughs) interview because Harry is... I mean, he answered it. He answered it. And he, right, he was, he could have just said Sonia's better or Luann is better, but he took it to a point where it was very explicit. And he's like, this is what Luann is all about. And this is what Sonia's all about. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no, it definitely was a little cringeworthy. But other than Uh, that, he did talk a little bit about Tinsley being a train wreck. He was very anti Tinsley, which has been in the news. And that's why we're talking about this. But like, he was saying how she's such a train wreck and that he's like her type and beautiful, but he would like never get with her because she's such a mess and she's so boring and all of these things. And it was interesting how like vehemently he was against her. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, cause it, it got a lot of press recently. And I said, even in the press, it just got this week. It says, oh, and then host David Yontef says, but I love Tinsley. Cause <laughs> yes, I, I did say that. And he's like, you love her. Cause she has one brain cell. Like, <laughs> I, I mean he like doubled out I'm like I love her and he's like no you don't he's like she has one brain cell he's like forget it move on and I'm like what I, but I really like her and he's like you don't next next question I've been liking Tinsley this season and it's sad because we all know that she's engaged to Scott at this point so it's like we're watching the season and it's so good and I think she's kind of like coming into her own and her and Leah have definitely been like good friends and it's nice seeing Tinsley have like an ally against like Ramona and Dorinda and all of them because they're you know vultures but it's gonna be sad to not be able to see Tinsley's like wedding stuff like I wish they would do a spinoff where it's like a four episode little season where it's like Tinsley's wedding because I want to see like Dale and her going actually buying the wedding dress not just going wedding dress shopping for (laughs) maybe they will maybe they will I mean kind of like that Porsche having a baby Oh, that little, that little, that little four segment, like, yeah, jewel. Like, those are fun because it's not a full nine season, you know, Tamara and Eddie getting married where they had that oh, just horrible thing for the OC season. But yeah. I think that would be fun because Tinsley, I find just to be hilarious and just to get more Dale on screen. Like I really enjoyed watching the scene where all of the ladies were like at that outdoor restaurant and Leah's opening up about her her struggles with her mom and her alcoholism and how her mom has taken the entire situation since she's been a teen into now like her being an adult. And Tinsley's just, you know, like, my mom and I got into a huge fight over my curled hair. Like, what? Like, that is so, so nothing. But like the fact that Tinsley and her mom were having a fight before a fashion show, like Tinsley is a grown woman. Her mother should be making her cry over curlers in her hair. Listen, maybe <laughs> they will have, maybe they will do this. You don't know. I mean, they might be planning this, although I don't know if Scott would do it. Yeah, I don't know if Scott would do it too. I know she was saying that she doesn't really feel the need to do like a whole big wedding situation because it's Scott's first wedding and Tinsley obviously had her wedding to Topper all those years ago and it was a big event then and so she doesn't really feel like she needs all that fanfare. But she did say recently to some page six or something that she would currently invite Sonia and Leah to the wedding. She said Carol would not be invited and she didn't comment on the other ladies, but Safe to say Dorinda won't be getting an invite. No. So, wow. So she would invite Sonia and Leah. Okay, well, that makes sense. 
yeah. I mean, I really have been enjoying Leah. Obviously, she comes with uh, some baggage, like, beforehand throughout the news and whatnot. But I've been enjoying her this season. And I do like how Ramona's kind of, like, playing mommy with her, where she's, like, helping her deal with, like, her mom issues. And I don't know. I kind of thought that was nice. And Ramona, as much as she's, like, a crazy person, she is what seems to be a really good friend and even harry was saying like ramona has a really big heart she's a great mom she was a great wife and is a great friend and you know she's batshit crazy but that doesn't mean she's not like a good person under there <laughs> no it's true and so one of my episodes on i my mean show, she's like your nemesis i feel like no, no but i but you know this i have like a very checkered past with ramona but she, I say this all the time, I have Stockholm Syndrome when it comes to Ramona Singer. Like, I, the more she's mean to me, the more I love her. I mean, listen, so my pilot episode of my podcast was me having dinner with Ramona when I went with Dolores to an event. Dolores, Catania, Kelly Dodd, and Ramona Singer in Florida. And at that dinner, I was sitting next to Ramona because, I mean, do you think I'd be sitting, do you, th- do you think I would choose to sit anywhere else? No, of course not. My, my good friend Dolores brings me to this and I ignored her as if she wasn't even there. <laughs> I, I, I only had eyes for Ramona and Ramona said at that dinner, because she, she said like, what do you think of like Elise? What do you think of Leah? You know, because she knows I know them all and I was like, Leah's great. And she was saying, oh, you know, I've taken a mother role to Leah. So like she oh. said this, she said this to me months ago and she's like, you know, she said pretty much everything you just said like Leah's got her things and she goes off the rails but (laughs) you know I've taken this I've taken this role upon I'm like okay I think Ramona has a a good heart I do she's my nemesis but I love her (laughs) dearly I did like this past episode how the editors did a full bullying montage you were at that event which like of course you were but it was so funny where she, Jacques was like, so Ramona, have you ever bullied anyone? And she's like, I don't think so. And then it was like 10 years of footage of her just mercilessly bullying her. It's hilarious. It was so, 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 so good. Well, Bethany Frankel actually posted the first photo of her daughter Bryn on Instagram for I think what is her ninth birthday this year? 10th. 10th? Yeah. So wow. I think that maybe that's why she posted it. It was like a, you know milestone she said it was like one of her birthday presents for her to post her and i can imagine Bryn not really understanding the magnitude of her parents divorce of course because she's a child and especially like the sheer amount of press that is around her like her parents you know massive divorce but i can imagine that she's kind of bummed like she's definitely aware of social media kids know what's going on in their parents instagrams and to feel like you have to be hidden and and all your face is always being covered like that probably makes a kid feel very sad and confused as to like why mommy can't have my picture on the internet and so listen it it could go one of two ways when like bren is older well, yeah, I know. And the one thing I saw is like every comment on the picture was like, oh my God, she has Jason's face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't think Bethany thinks that every time she looks at her beautiful I mean, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like you she looks, <laughs> I mean, she looks like maybe one, she, I see a little bit of Bethany in her, but yeah, she's like a spitting image of Jason. Yeah, she's Did I ever tell you that I saw Jason in Bryn? And I don't mean like 10 years ago. I mean like, in the past maybe six months. Did I ever tell you the story? I don't think so. I've seen him a couple times in the city, just throughout Tribeca. 
Yeah, I was at Tribeca at a Barnes and Noble at an Alyssa Milano. Oh, actually, you did tell me the story, but tell the listeners will find it funny. (laughs) I mean, because I don't even know if I've really talked about this that much on my podcast, but like, so I was at an Alyssa Milano book signing because I mean, who doesn't love, you know, Alyssa Milano? Charmed (laughs) is one of the best shows that's ever existed. And, you know, who's the boss for the non-millennials in the group and Melrose Place. She was on Melrose Place. And there was this man and he was standing there and I was like, is that Jason Hobby? I don't know. He looks a little different, but then it was Tribeca. And I'm like, well, that makes it likely that it's him. And all of a sudden a girl, a little girl comes walking up to him and she has to use the bathroom. And he's like, there it is. And he waits outside the bathroom. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's Bryn. And that's fucking Jason Hobby. And I'm like, Yes, I wanted to get my phone out and take a picture of Brad, but I really wanted a picture with Jason. And listen, I go up to anyone I want a picture with and ask, and I just get a damn picture. And I was like, what am I going to say to this man? Like, I'm a fan of yours. Like, he'd be like a fan of what? Like, the fact that I, like, divorced Bethany on TV. We have, like, a tumultuous, like, and I was on this show. Like, I wasn't this, like, I don't even understand what I would be a fan of. And I'm really not a fan of his. I'm just a fan of, you know. Him in general. Right. This is my life's work to, you know, sit there and talk about housewives on my podcast, your podcast, every podcast. So, yeah. So basically, (laughs) I was so scared and I just, I chickened out. But I was so upset that I did not approach him and get this damn picture. He seems like someone who wouldn't want you to. I feel like he'd be like, please get away from me. Like, I, I, I don't take photos with fans i got the impression that he would be almost violent with me i actually (laughs) i got a very like this man is either gonna punch me in my face or tell me to fuck off and i'm not in the mood for either of those right now you know i mean i just want to say hi to Alyssa milano and get my damn book signed and go home so i but megan it took everything in me not to go up to this man i want to approach so bad so bad yeah, I've seen him a couple times um, at, like, things in Tribeca, and he's, like, way taller and more muscular than I ever expect, and it's always the crazy ones who I feel like are so hot. Like, I don't know. It's it's such an unfortunate situation that he turned out to be a crazy gaslighting asshole, but... You know, Bethany's gotten a lot of, like, not even flack, but there's this theory about Bethany and people who know her. Now, this I'm not saying this. This is not... For all of my knowing these housewives, I do not really, I mean, I've met Bethany, she knows me, I know her, but we're not really. But people say at the end of the day, she'll only go for an attractive guy. And that's why she didn't really go for Dennis. I'm not saying this, I'm just saying mm. you, this is the theory of people kind of that know her peripherally and like, yeah, Jason's cute and Paul is fucking cute. He's really cute. But also she deserves a hot guy. Like, she, Why not? Why shouldn't she? She keeps it together. Guy? She's making a ton of money. She's a babe and like, yeah, entrepreneur and philanthropist. Like, what can't Bethany do? Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because I wrote on her um, Instagram like a week ago and she's like standing there with the masks and the planes and I'm just like, and I'm like, listen, I'm not kissing your ass or I don't want anything from this, but like, you really could be the president of the United States. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really truly feel that Bethany Frankel could truly be the president. She'll figure it out. If she had to cast, cast, if she had to have one person on the current New York Housewives as her vice president, who would do the best job? 
okay, so like, let me not think of who I like as human beings. Yeah, really, no, no, no. who would do the best job as the vice president? Yeah, in terms of like social issues, like who do you think would actually have a sound mind? Actually, it could be any person who's been on the Real Housewives of New York any season. Do they? They should have. They should be a housewife, like an actual housewife. Um, you could do a friend of. I mean, well, initially I was going to say Elise, not just because she's my BFF, but she's smart. She's so smart. I was listening to her episode and she like wrote for Reuters and was a financial journalist and like then worked in finance. I'm like, that's why she's so smart. And I think that's why like Sonia is a little triggered by her because Elise seems like she had like a high profile divorce too, like had a lot of money kind of similar situation where Elise is like, no, like I own my house and actually like I'm quite intelligent when it comes to my money and like keeping it not just having it and listen and i'm not just saying this because i'm really good friends with her but like elise's apartment in the city holy fucking shit where is it okay it's on park avenue sorry elise i'm telling everyone where you live it's (laughs) on so it's actually on park avenue so let's just start with that fact for a minute which is just like you know right like we don't need to give the exact location but you know it's in like a very you know like anything i think in the 60s and 70s park avenue that's the real deal it's like a duplex it's you know what it is also yeah it's upstairs downstairs so like i mean elise is the real deal and every time i call her she's like trading she trades like that (laughs) cryptocurrency i don't even know how that i don't know that stuff no I don't think it's real, but like clearly Elise is doing it and I should be following her financial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she always like when she was on my podcast on my episode, like she was telling me I have too many like Gucci bags and I need to cut that. Like she's actually very like responsible, not cheap, just very like. Well, you can, I don't know. You can kind of tell like this last week's episode where they were like out at Nello dining and like all the ladies were wearing like their cutest little outfits and she comes in wearing like regular jeans and a regular top i'm like what like she's simple where's the chanel yeah she's like very simple but also like i think there's something you know just like intelligent about that like money can come and go and to be spending five thousand dollars on a chanel jacket like is ridiculous in the grand scheme of things of course you could treat yourself to beautiful things if you have the money but the well can always run dry like and it's just yeah she's smart with it and i think think that's why she's being a little bit hard on Sonia because Sonia's kind of living in the past a little bit where they're all like, you don't have money. Like you don't have JP money. Like that's not your life anymore. And you do need to like grow and change and accept that that was your past and like move on and see like how great your future could be. But you have to kind of let go a little bit of that. I think so. I mean- I think so. I mean, I'm just so, I don't know. I'm really, this isn't a knock on Sonia. I'm just like, I'm very much the type that like, I don't like living in the past. Like I find that sad just for everything. Like to me, it's like, I like the exact opposite. I like to be, I mean, I'm also a Gemini. That probably has something to do with it, but I'm not getting all LA on you. Don't worry. I'm not getting all (laughs) new age, but I feel that like every year I'm kind of like a different person in a sense, like in a good way, you know? So I'm not really into living in the past. And then I mean, I also was going to say, I don't really like this person as a housewife, but Carol would be a great vice president for Bethany. Yeah. As much as Carol annoys me and, you know, I hope she wouldn't wear like her vibrator necklace at press briefings. Like I wouldn't want that for the country. No. But... I think she would do a good job because I believe she's thorough, intelligent, 
and would do her research and wouldn't just be like tweeting up a storm like Trump over nothing. And she would probably do more than Mike Pence just ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Forever. So, I mean, like she's smart, you know? So, I mean, I think like those would be my first two choices. You know, it's also really smart who I also know, but she's smart. I don't know if she'd be a great vice president, but Aviva is actually a smart woman. Yeah, well, she didn't she go to Barnard and Vassar? Vassar, yeah, same yeah, <laughs> same thing, same yeah. thing. Yeah, no, she seems like a smart cookie too. Well, she's a lawyer, right? Wasn't she a lawyer? No, was oh, she? Oh no, 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 she wasn't a lawyer. She had like the writing, like the French degree. Who was like a secret lawyer? Secret lawyer? Are you thinking of Anna Kim Conseys, my buddy from Miami? Oh no! But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not to jump all around, but she was a lawyer. You know, random lawyer. Um, well, anyways, we've talked about New York for a really long time. And honestly, the show could just be a Real Housewives of New York appreciation show because it's just always so good and just infinite amounts of things to talk about. But we have to stay on the East Coast, moving to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. We finally have received some footage of the virtual reunion, which seems like it's going to be great. As much as it's a new format and viewers are going to have to kind of get used to this new way of doing reunions and a new way of producing television I think it looks like they all you know have their own moments of like going off and like they can all speak for themselves and I think it's actually good because they can be a little bit more animated and a little bit more maybe aggressive because they are hiding behind a screen whereas you know Kenya and Portia like hurting each other a couple seasons ago like you know things can get physical especially on Atlanta kind of quickly so it, it's fun that they can kind of really go after one another without like the, you know, thought that like something might actually really go down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I've even, re- I've even thought that lately. Now that we've been home doing these freaking podcasts from home, like I even feel that. Like the Harry Dubin was live, my Elise Lane interview was live, but a lot of the interviews I've done lately, like where I have like, papers everywhere and notes i almost feel like more aggressive when i've asked some of these questions so i actually kind of like this whole zoom reunion i agree with you i don't think it's such a bad thing and i do think when you're sitting in your own home you feel like you can be more aggressive i totally. really do that you can just bring it and i mean look nini got up and walked out of the damn room so like if you really so it's coming at you Portia or kenya you could just stand up and just walk away from the damn computer <laughs> It's not like production usually says, like, where are you going, Andy says, and don't leave. You could just walk away. Who's going to stop you? Who's going to stop you? Yeah, no one. And it's interesting because a few of the ladies had their glam team come to the house. I think it was, like, Eva, Cynthia, and Portia. And then they got, like, you know, all the Instagram comments being like, how dare you have someone in your home doing your glam during the pandemic? the other women like did their own hair and makeup and they were applauded for that and so it's just another thing for social justice warriors out there to freak to out about it's like it's on your who cares <laughs> interesting but Atlanta I thought it was a great 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 all-star season for me it was it was definitely good I think Kenya coming back is always a plus she really brings the heat she gets under Nini's skin in such a real way that it is really fun to watch. And I think this season, I didn't like how she went after Tanya. Tanya, I can never say her name right. I don't know why. (laughs) It's Tanya. Well, 
I, right, I used to say Tanya and I had Cookie Lady on my podcast. Oh, yeah, Cookie Lady. And I oh said Tanya and she said, David Darling, I need to stop you. Her name is Tanya. And I'm like, you fucking hate her. Well, why are you criticizing me? Yeah. So I've got schooled by Cookie Lady, Miss Shiana White. And so her name is Tanya. Tanya. But I thought it was a little aggressive that, Kenya and Cynthia, you know, orchestrated the whole cookie lady thing. I thought that was inappropriate. And then, you know, doubles down with Tanya then bringing the wig to the spa or something, which I thought was really shady because we all know Kenya and her hair journey is like such a big issue for her that she, you know, claims she doesn't wear wigs. But then (laughs) Tanya shows up with her wig that she left in Toronto and there's all this wig drama. (laughs) well, I think they got back one another, but I liked that whole yeah kind of argument, not argument, that whole rift between the two of them. Well, this is why I had to go seek out Miss Cookie Lady to come on my show because who brings a human being as a receipt? Like, Kenya's <laughs> like, I'm going to bring the biggest receipt of all. I'm going to get an actual physical human being. Like, does anyone realize like the magnitude of that? Like, to Other- me, it's <laughs> shocking. Other than Cookie Lady, I think the only other person that, who's ever done that would be Kristen Doty bringing Miami Girl <laughs> to Los Angeles to confront Tom Sandoval and Aria. <laughs> That's a great one, too. I mean, so really, we really, I mean, Cookie Lady, you weren't the first. We really owe this all to Miss Doty. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the beginning portion of the season, but then towards the end, it kind of just got into like the all of your men are terrible men and is this what, you know, (laughs) is this your lives? Like, is this what you guys are all going to put up with forever? But Cynthia Bailey, on the other hand, is with Mike. They seem very happy. And rumors are now swirling that she's leaving the Real Housewives of Atlanta because she's going to move to Los Angeles to be with Mike and be with her daughter, Noelle. And I think he has some of his kids out there too, which like completely makes sense. Like, I understand you know, she lives in Atlanta to work on the show and that's her main source of income. So it makes sense that she wouldn't just like leave willingly. But, you know, if her family and her life is in Los Angeles, then get her on Beverly Hills. First of all, yes. I mean, is this true though? Like, is it because, is it really true? She said, I have no plans to leave Real Housewives of Atlanta at this time. Every time, every year there are rumors of saying I'm getting fired or not returning. I haven't been fired, dot, 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 yet. Oh. I don't know what that means. I mean, she kind of. I mean, I don't think they're going to put her on Beverly Hills. I mean, listen. They definitely wouldn't. (laughs) No, but I think that, because that's the whole thing too with Kelly Dodd, where everyone's like, you you want fucking Rick Leventhal? Fine, pack your damn bags, move to New York, and let's get you going. Yeah. Which that would be a very seamless transaction. Listen, let me tell you, every time Kelly comes here, she gives the New York girls a run for their money. That girl is out when she comes to New York City till 3, 4, 5, 6, 6.30 in the morning. Kelly is as wild as all the New York girls. She's out drinking every night when she's here. She's would be perfect on the New York cast. To me, it's like the show has gone on for so long. I think it's about time you did this. I think it's about time you pick someone and instead of bringing them back to their own season, put them on another season and just let's see what happens. It's time. Why not? And I mean, a lot of these shows do kind of need cash shakeups. And I think 
with seeing how Seamless, Sutton, and Garcelle, and Leah have all integrated into the new seasons of New York and Beverly Hills, I feel like that shows that we can... With AMC Plus, the plus doesn't just mean more, it means better. Available through the platforms you're already on, AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle with the best of AMC, plus the complete collections of Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. Get the latest from The Walking Dead, with early access and exclusives, binge acclaimed series like Mad Men, ad-free, and with new content dropping each week, like Gangs of London, a powerful drama about London's criminal underworld, there's always something fresh to check out. Sign up at amcplus.com, amcplus.com, AMC Plus, only the good stuff. For many of us, the holidays will look different this year. Family and friend reunions might not be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather, and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like, if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like, so I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. <laughs> After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravohh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. <laughs> this will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off you guys and you get a deal look at that use new blood on shows and that like the old faithfuls whether it's like lisa vanderpump or bethany's like they can be replaced and they can be replaced with really great fresh new people so as much as we love these characters and nini or cynthia bethany like whomever tamra vicky like you can come and go like i think it is good to have shake people come in and shake up a cast and yeah if cynthia if cynthia joined <laughs> uh Beverly Hills I don't think that I mean I think it would you know obviously go fine whatever but you know there needs to be some sort of genuine link and not between like Bravo links right I think no I mean I personally I think getting rid of Vicky and Tamara makes sense I'm not saying I don't like them it makes sense and I think once that works, because I think it will work, I'm not agreeing with all the casting choices on The Real Housewives of the OC at the current moment. But I personally think once that works, not to bring it back to New York, because trust me, I like them all the same. I think that New York is going to have a major shakeup. I honestly do. I think it just keeps self-correcting itself like LA. Like Lisa Vanderpump leaves, we don't need to fire anyone. Like this person leaves, we don't, like same thing with the New York. Like Bethany left, now Tinsley's leaving. So technically we don't need to replace anybody. Just get a replacement for Tinsley. I have a weird feeling Ramona, Sonia, Luann, and Dorinda, out of those four, I think to shake it up, they 
I have a weird feeling they're going to get rid of two. Maybe not next season, but within the next, I, I'm telling you, I, I feel it. Shocking. I, I know. I mean, because if here's the thing, the, the conversation I've had, like, which two would it be? It could almost be a lot of different combinations. I think Dorinda would definitely be out. I think so too. I think she's very negative the last season or so. And it's coming off as bullying again. Like they back to the, again, they're all like at a bullying event while she's like actively bullying Leah at this event <laughs> was kind of yeah. saying everything. And I do think Dorinda might be like running her course a little bit or at least needs to like take a season off like Luann did, become a friend of, take a little step back. And then you can come back once you kind of get your shit together a little bit because she's not really doing it for me. And, and it sucks because Dorinda, like you can tell is an awesome person. Like I think like in real life, but the last few seasons, she's been really grumpy and unhappy. And I saw her at an event and it was like a meet and greet thing after. And it was like her, Kelly Dodd, Teresa and Tamra and I was that assume, the same thing that I was at Celebrity Housewives. This thing was at Mohegan Can, Sun. Yeah, I, honey, I could have met you there because I was there. <laughs> of course, you were. Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my best friend, her dad is like a big VP at Mohegan Sun, so he gets oh. tickets to everything. But I wanted to host that thing. I'm like, that would be a dream, like to be able to host that kind of event because the host sucked for that show. Honey, <laughs> I have a whole. I've been talking to these people at Celebrity Housewives for months now. It's like, <laughs> I say the same thing you did. Like, no, I, and I actually know the people now that run it really well. And it's the same thing. I was in talks with them to host one of them, like before this whole Corona thing. Cause I said the same thing. I'm like, you have these hosts that don't know anything about the show. You need to start getting people. Hi, I'm available. And others, you too. Like you need to get people that know what they're talking about. I was at the same one. I just told you I had dinner with Ramona. It was Ramona um, Dolores and Kelly Dodd, we all went to dinner after, but during the show in Florida, the host was booed off the stage because he called Frankie Jr. Listen, you don't call Frankie Jr. the wrong thing. He, I don't know what he said, like Francis or whatever it was, because I was backstage, I wasn't paying attention, but he called Frankie Jr. something wrong, like Joseph or Dolores, how's your son Joseph or something? And so people were not feeling this host anyway, but then whatever it was, the audience, once he missed called Frankie Jr. the wrong name, they went off on him. And Dolores is so nice. She's like, oh, give him a chance. I'm like, no, get him off the stage and let me step in, people. Bravo fans are so aggressive. It's like, we're such a passionate bunch. It's really hard to explain like the fandom and the loyalty to non-Bravo viewers. Yeah. (laughs) Who knew that guy would get booed off the stage because he didn't know a basic thing. But he was uh, (laughs) awful. So I, I agree with you. I'm like, I don't know why they don't, there's so many qualified people out there. I don't know why they don't relate the host to the Bravo universe. And these hosts okay. that they've been choosing are not even like current. Like I'm on, you know, I'm Morgan Stewart on E. Okay, if you're going to get someone that's on the E network, well, that's pretty damn good. Yes. They're finding these hosts like, I don't, I don't even know where. I don't even know where. But they're not, there's no current activity that they have anywhere in the world. Yeah. Well, I met Dorinda during like the meet and greet section and she was so cold. She Uh was so 
out of it, not happy, just like bitching to Teresa under her breath the whole time, barely said hello, barely made eye contact. I was shocked. And I thought, you know, sucks. Like, you know, luckily I got to go for free, but a lot of people paid a lot of good money to get this meet and greet ticket. And it's just, right. you know, I know it must be a little soul sucking to be like, talking on stage for an hour and a half and having to go backstage and doing two hours of meet and greets but like that's kind of the name of the game unfortunately like if you're gonna be paid for meet and greets then throw on a smile and shake hands and kiss babies well that's what i was gonna say i mean the minimum you're getting for this no matter what level you are as a housewife is five thousand dollars like let me just put that out there there you go. So, right. Like, Smart. I don't care if you're having a bad day. It's $5,000. Someone that, you know, lives up where Mohegan Sun is not like in the middle of Connecticut. It's a little bit off to the Four armpit hour of drive. Right. So, Manhattan. people up were in that area do not have access to these housewives 24 hours a day. So, if you have to do this, put on a smile or guess what? Opt out of it. Let Ramona go. Let Tinsley go. Let someone else go and collect the $5,000. But just smile and just make the person's damn day. And yeah, I don't think you should spend an hour talking to each person nor 30 minutes. But for the two seconds they're standing in front of you, just smile and just fake it. And then go and wash your hands with soap and say like, oh, that was horrible. And go home. Like, but at least Are you scared of the future of meet and greets now that the coronavirus is, you know, um, killing hundreds? I think it's (laughs) changed forever, really. You know, I mean, I think because of what you and I do, we'll have access to all the Bravo people. You know, we won't have access to like, you know, the Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts of the world. It's so funny. I was just looking at something online before this where they showed a glass. I have to see if this is approved or not approved, but they showed glass booths on the red carpet. So I think like for the Oscars or something, it's a whole mock-up, but I don't know if it was like, in theory, this is how it can work or like, this is where we're going. But somebody sent it to me and it, it looked, you know, it looked fancy. Don't get me wrong. It was like, a, it was enclosed on three sides. So your back part was still open, but it was like you as the reporter were standing in, you know, clear, very modern, of course. This is the Oscars or the Emmys glass booth and the people would then walk the red carpet and I guess stand on the other side, kind of like a bank teller. (laughs) Really? And you would ask- Oh, so glamorous. Right? But I mean, (laughs) you'll still come with your gown and yeah, I guess you're going to have to space people out. So I don't know how that's going to be. It's like if you're A minus list, you can't even walk the carpet. The carpet is now like exclusive A list or A minus list because like the pre-Emmys or, or Oscars or Grammys, that two-hour special on E, what is it going to be, like, four hours now? The carpet's going to take four hours because we have to space everyone out? And you see, like, in the background of, like, the E coverage, like, the pre-award show coverage, there's just, like, thousands of people in little clusters everywhere. Like, it's a shit show. I can't even imagine being backstage at a show like that. It's, I, I think it's changed forever, yeah. I totally. do. Well, moving on, the Real Housewives of Potomac star Giselle Bryant's ex-husband, Jamal Bryant, who is a pastor at the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, is now speaking out over allegations that he actually is a new father. So last season, it ended with Giselle and him kind of like rekindling their relationship and how the doors open to them maybe getting back together or at least trying to see what can happen between the two of them. But... Yeah, there's this new baby drama. So all the blogs are saying that this woman had his kid. There's not that much information about who this woman is, but she's supposedly in Atlanta 
but his response was reckless and irresponsible bloggers who who want on with no who want on with no facts no evidence and might i add no truth they go on to make baseless accusations that I have fathered a baby in April, May, February, January, anywhere here in Atlanta and was hiding this baby. And that number one is 1000% untrue. The so syntax is, in that sentence was her, all over the place. Yeah. So this is her ex that apparently she was maybe getting back with. Yeah. So that's kind of baby mama drama happening. Uh, he is like a dirty dog. Like, you know, you can't trust that guy. What is Giselle doing? I mean, she's like beautiful, a catch. Like her makeup line is major, selling in Target and all these major retailers. She's in real oh life God. too, gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous. She, I think, is probably the most beautiful housewife, which is crazy to say because uh, you know all of them are so beautiful in their own way. But I mean, that green eyed bandit, like she is just on another level of beautiful. Cool. I mean, you know, but kind I of think ugly inside, but <laughs> I think Miss Bailey though is one of oh, the yeah. most gorgeous too. Cynthia's so pretty to me. Well, she is like just perfect model perfection. She posted a photo the other day, um, and it was like her and like twenty five other just stunning models of the nineties. And you see like Naomi Campbell. I can't think of other ones who are in this picture. Tyro's in it. And they're oh all like God. in their twenties, and I'm like, this is so amazing that Cynthia kind of was in this life and we don't even really hear her talk about that like i want to hear more about cynthia's past as like an international fashion model like that is cool and she must have seen so many different things and i must have so many crazy stories of what was going on in the modeling industry speaking of potomac though i'm so excited to get to know this wendy this wendy l yeah she seems like she's gonna be like a smart badass i mean i just don't understand a professor i mean she's like a real person in the world that what what makes you say yes i don't know what type isn't she like political science professor yeah i think she's like also does like a lot of like political commentary on news shows works at john hopkins like she's got a resume for days (laughs) well let me tell you she could have gotten a job at abc sitting at the table at the view but i think that that's ruined now once the first episode hits of rhop well, that's like kind of like the double-edged sword of the being on the housewives because on one hand, it could be great for career and kickstart like a Bethany situation, but she is not like the rule. She's the exception. Like, right. No other housewives really make such a massive name for themselves other than really her. Like she's had all these other TV shows, obviously Candy Burris is so uber successful. Giselle is really successful with this beauty line, but still it's, it's a couple of years in and it's not as like, it's not as major of a brand as Skinny Girl is. But and Candy's success, I mean, has Candy's success gone like ape shit since the show? I mean, like Escape is really her cash well, cow, I would think. she produces a lot of major songs. Like, you know, like yeah. the song Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, like, she got rights for like publishing rights for that and publishing yeah. is where the money is. But like, was that because of the show? Like, that's my only thing. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying like with Bethany, okay, the show helped you with the rest of them. Like to me, it's like, so how did it help you from the show? I don't yeah, know. Candy might have. Like, yeah, helped her in any way, but me. Yeah. I don't know. I guess she was successful before the show and will be successful yeah. after the show. Whereas some people you really, you can't say that about like their 
entrepreneurship mm. business. Well, I mean, now, I mean, I'm not picking on her, but you know, everyone's just the most obvious one is like, how do you go from your $950,000 a year, Tamara, oh. judge? Like Tamara, I mean, like, what is Tamara going to do? Yes, I know she's getting her real estate license updated. Um, well, and if she sells a house in this market, sure, she'll make a commission. But that's no nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and I would say it's not even going to be four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand, you know, your first year. So just, what do you do after the housewives? Like, I don't know. You you better save. You better save. That's all I have to say. Yeah, because I mean, like we literally say it on this show all the time. Like the well does run dry, and yeah, how you deal with it after and two, three years after reality television, and a lot of times these people don't feel like they can go get a regular job. Whereas Vicky like still has Kodo insurance. Like she still has a job to go to every single day. And you know, that's great. But yeah, some people like, I can't see her actually sitting in the real estate office doing the postings online and doing all the things. I think she'll just post on Instagram and be like, someone buy this fucking house. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. You know, like Miss Ben Simone is a realtor. And she, listen, I don't know if she's selling, but I mean, she's really hustling. If you really focus on her Instagram, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's doing a lot of other shit too, but you know, she's putting her, she's got to get her property sold out there, you know, like, but you know, nobody cares that you're Kelly Bensimone. Yeah. One person might extra might come through your open house to see you for all the wrong reasons, but they ain't bringing that million dollar or in New York city, a $2 million check to buy your damn apartment. So I think that that's how it is too you better have saved and you know, you're not going to get a regular job and people are going to forget about you kind of, I mean, not like the deep housewife cuts that we are, but like the rest of the world will, you know, like, listen, I would sit down right now. I mean, she's a friend of mine, Miss Lynn Curtin, you know, but the average human being out there that's not, you know, Megan or David doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about Lynn Curtin and her cuffs. I mean, I'll take every cuff she wants to give me, but that's different. That's because this is our lives work. You know, <laughs> you you know what I mean? Trying to make a out of those cuffs. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? It's like, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. You, like, I, but that's the, what shocks me. I talk about this on my show all the time. That is what shocks me is like, you have been a total fucking bitch for three years, four years, six years. Like, didn't you have the wherewithal to say every single person gets fired? Like, it will be me. Like, I am not special. Like, that would just be me. I would never believe my own hype. So, like, it shocks me that even if you're a Tamra, like, or, and I'm not knocking, it's just using your example, like, how could you think that you are above it? Yeah. And now it's kind of like her and Vicky are doing a lot of like Instagram lives, like talking shit about the show and talking shit about the other ladies. And it's just not a good look, like that bitter Betty look of the two of them saying, who's Bronwyn and who's Emily? They're women who are on the cast still. Right. <laughs> right. right. And like, okay, like, listen, it's interesting the first three times it was interesting to see how you got fired if someone doesn't know you just don't get your contract like how it works it's kind of interesting for a day a week two weeks but like if you are still talking with this bitter betting business in six months like it's just going to be like they're going to be like in that sonia category of like this is just sad yeah. like I, if tamra's talking about well, when i was on the oc this is what happened 
it's not going to be okay. And you're doing that now with a bitter slant. Like that's just, you got to get over it. Like this is your life. Like that's now eating you up inside. Like how do you go to bed at night? Oh, right? I don't, I it, it becomes their life. Like it's really, I mean, I talk about this on my show all the time too. Like it really is, someone needs to do an expose on like, Reality TV, it's great and all, but like it really ruins lots of lives in a lot of ways. I mean, ruins marriages. This this franchise, it's like you know, right? 50 shot. Like you pretty much are going in to say like, we are gonna probably get fucked. Like if we really expose our relationship. Well, other things happening in Potomac right now. Ashley Darby's husband, Michael Darby, who is basically just one of the worst human beings on the planet. Like, can he go back to Australia or wherever? came from because he has new allegations of cheating and now this time there are videos so there's videos being posted on gossip of the city which is like the scummiest of the scum <laughs> gossip sites on the internet they're just trashville but of course i follow them and i'm now reporting on the video but he's like in some old cheap hotel room and he's asking this girl to spank him and he's like laying in the bed and you see him like belly up with like belly on the bed, like asking her to spank him. It's so uncomfortable. Oh my I have so much to say. That is just such a loaded, I have so much to say. First of all, I've never heard of this gossip website before. Oh, wow. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's bottom of the barrel. But, but we'll follow. <laughs> I'm glad you're following it now. Um, that doesn't, this doesn't shock me at all that he's like some kinky motherfucker who wants to be spanked. That does not shock me. Mm-hmm. Seems like he has such a like deviant and dark side which is okay out there i'm not judging i'm just saying this doesn't shock me yeah, and no. there's actual video like that you it's him oh, like yeah. you see it's you him. clearly see you can't see his face but you could hear his voice and so there's like one scene where it's like him being like spank me and she's like no and then there's another scene where he's like laying in the bed with the blankets covered over him and he's like why can't we go to your house? And she's like, why can't we go to yours? And they're like going back and forth. It's like, you clearly are both married, which is why you two are in a hotel room together. Like, I think that might be the issue. Wow. And we see another scene where he's like cleaning up. We never see who the girl is, but then there's like another scene of like them, I guess at a bar together where she was filming him and they were drinking and obviously he had a Corona in hand. So, you know, it's Michael. And then there was one final scene where it was like, him cozying up to a woman who I'm not sure if it was her at some casino table, like playing poker or something. And they're like canoodling with one another, but yeah, not and, surprising that this and is somebody out. doesn't want to offer this woman like a ton of money to just have an exclusive sit down chat. David, you're like opening up your Instagram to be like Am I that person. With- <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm well now. I'm starting to think like I'm like this is a listen. I had Cookie on my show. I had Miss Yovana Montplaisir, who everyone thinks is the snake. Like I like these. I like these like middle side characters. You know who I have- people who are willing to like really tell it all because they've got nothing to lose. Which you, you know who I have coming this week is Mr. Ashori, Mr. Ali Ashori. Do you watch Shaw's? Oh, I watch Shaw's. Oh God, the one who got the drink. Well, on this week on my show, Mr. Ali Ashori, who had the drink thrown in his face, he did drink a bottle of wine during our recording, and it was ten o'clock his time. I'm not judging. I'm just this is all on, this this is all on the show. This isn't me talking, you know, in, inappropriately about my guests. You, you hear it being poured. 
Yeah, I mean, he says I am wine is I've I've thought about it many a time, but you never do it. It's well, just- you know, you know what's really funny because I listened to listened to the episode back last night. He starts when I ask about like what did those text messages say that Adam sent you in the beginning of the interview. He says. I I can't talk about that because there might be a reunion. I have to save it for the reunion. Obviously, you'd rather go tell this to Andy Cohn than myself. I get it. I get it. This is how the world works. And for then, now, right for now. And then by like forty-five minutes in, somehow I asked the question again, and now girlfriend is willing to say all sorts of things. Literally, it's the same question. Like, do you not realize this is the same question that I just asked you 45 minutes ago? But I didn't force it. I mean, it's, well, listen, we're on a Zoom call here. Like, I'm not even in the same place as you. And that's what it's like, graphic detail. You you thought, no, I think the Harry interview will make you score more. But he goes into, not graphic detail, but he goes into pretty graphic detail about what Adam sent him visually and what he said. So I'm like, okay, well, this was, I, I literally say on the air, I'm like, have another glass of wine. Like have another bottle. Let's yeah. Keep it, let's keep it running. So, keep it running. It's just like my interview style. I like to, you know, soften you up and we're all friends and then <laughs> I'm going to go in for the kill here. So to your point, I, 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 I like these like side characters. So someone's got to get a hold of this woman. Well, it sounds like you're on it right after this call. You're going to be on Gossip in the City. Kind but of. This, at this point, I think Ashley needs to cut bait. Unless she's willing to acknowledge the fact that, like, this is something she's okay with, then things need to change. And, like, for a minute, I was, like, kind of in a good place thinking that, oh, maybe, you know, the kid will bring them together. They close Oz, so at least they're not working together. Because I think when couples work together in a business that's just sinking and, like, has no money, like, there's definitely that strain. And, you know, she left and left, she left him and like lived in that little apartment by herself. And so I feel like she tried to make this work, but at this point it's like season after season, after season, after season, he keeps doing you dirty and you keep pretending like it's not happening. Like ditch this loser. You are beautiful, Ashley. You are beautiful and like spunky and, you know, a little crazy, but like, that's why, you know, like that's okay but yeah like this is just too much and it's just week after year after year there's just another and the world is watching first of all and second of all you know call call Tamara call Shannon like you know what I mean like let's look at a few people who have done left you know awful men and have turned out like their lives are great Shannon's happy Tamara's in a great you know with with Eddie like doesn't she I mean she has she has role models right in her backyard here that she could have personal one-on-one phone calls? I guarantee you, if she reached out to Tamara or Shannon, her phone would ring within thirty seconds. Uh, definitely with Tamara. Tamara is sitting on her phone as we speak, <laughs> people with check marks to reach out to her. <laughs> kind of, kind of. She's like, "Can I come on Potomac? I'll move to Potomac for 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 the season." <laughs> you know it's true. I mean, I love her dearly, but she totally would. 
the other ladies also did like that don't rush video and they left out Monique and there was a whole drama this week about how the cast is leaving her out but she's like what the fuck are you guys talking about I have like three kids under the age of six and like shit to do I can't be like doing TikTok videos all day what was the video about it was just a don't rush as a song yeah it's like don't rush I don't know but it's like they're wearing like casual clothes and then they like do put something up to the screen and then they pull back and then it's like them looking beautiful um it's just like a tiktok trend did karen huber do it i think so oh wow I love well that's it. a little weird that did, did they leave candace out candace was in it real huh. i'm googling real housewives of potomac adult rush video like video I'm, I'm taking notes as we speak here <laughs> i mean this is you're giving me a lot of good potomac stuff here and then yeah karen was in it but yeah, so I guess Monique was the only one who was left out of the video. But she said she was like, I was just busy. Sorry, I didn't have time to do it. I've got other shit going on. But I definitely think there's going to be a rift between all of the girls after the Candace and Monique fight, where they basically all kind of said it was one-sided, alluding that Monique was the one who instigated it, started it, and laid hands on her first. So that'll be interesting to see when the season comes out in a couple of weeks, months. I don't know. They just said summer, which is really annoying because um, I want to know. I'm going to ask the socialites tomorrow. Um, Yeah. I'm like ready for uh, real housewives of Potomac right away. And to end the show today, we'll just talk a little bit about New Jersey housewives. Of course, you guys all know Joe Judice is my favorite Instagram influencer. And now he's influencing the masses by selling sex toys. So Zalo USA is like some premier sex toy brand and Joju DJ has started slinging vibrators for them. And his slogan was give your mother a gift she won't forget. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm going to be gifting my mother any sex toys anytime soon. I feel like Joe might have missed the mark on this gift guide. I mean, I'm so confused. So like, what? Like, this isn't his? Like, he's like a spokesperson. He's making money. I don't even understand how it's working. Yeah, I think this is just like a branding deal where he happened to now be a brand ambassador for vibrators. Who would have thought that his brand would have gone this direction? Um, Well, it doesn't really (laughs) shock me. Listen, I talk about this on my show too. Joe Joe Judice is one of my... In, there's three Instagrams that I give the highest marks to during Corona. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Corona IGs that I, Joe's is one of my top three. Like he is living his best life. He is doing push-ups. He is walking. He is picking cherry tomatoes. Like He's I, I the dog coop in the backyard for Luna. I'm like, why do I know this? Yeah. And like, honestly, after being locked down in ice, like I get it. Listen, it's the whole thing is a nightmare. Like you can't see your kids, but like Joe could go live in Canada. Like he's not, it's not so awful. Like Joe's living his best life there. He's living his best life. Yeah. I saw another video today. He got a selfie stick. So that's huge for content creation and he was like walking around like a beautiful vineyard with olive trees and i'm like this is not a bad consolation like if you can't be in the states at least you're not in some you know in an impoverished country and you know a war-torn country like you know his deportation situation is really unfortunate because like the family's broken up however you know this is this is a nice place to have to go back to to have to be deported to 
And I mean, like, you know, now there's the vibrators, like he's making money. Like he's- Vibrators and cameos. Yeah, like Joe is, Joe is, I I bet you he's getting booked on cameo. Listen, I'd like a cameo from Joe. I'll I'll take that. My birthday is coming up. How much? Oh my God, he's so funny. It's $75. That's a good price for him. His uh, his bio says, reality star ready to personalize each message with a touch of Italy. I love that. Let's, ah, oh, this is, I'm like, this is so cool of him. Well, but my he- birthday is coming up and people have started asking me like, who do you want a cameo from? And I'm like, well, I don't want it from people that I'm like friendly with. I, I need people like, I might have to put Joe on my list. Yeah, he's definitely a wish list cameo for me. $75 is definitely a lot of money, but- I can honestly justify it in a sick, twisted way when I buy myself one. <laughs> I I don't know. I like my Joe. Actually, it could be funny to get like people, like getting cameos of people to say like, hey, check out Bravo Happy Hour podcast. Um, like honey, compilation of- honey, you don't think that I didn't think of this before, you know? But here's <laughs> the only thing I don't like. I think it says cameo on the video. You could probably extract the audio from cameo videos and make it just an audio Aww. clip, which actually is a sick, twisted thing. And I know, you know, my business manager now, like he's going to be like, what the hell are all these cameo charges on your business account? And I'm Aww. like, someone's got to be putting these people. Well, in. if I get this, I'm going to have to send it to you to do whatever you just said. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the technical stuff, it's not that I can't learn it. I just have no interest in learning it. So blame you. And then one more thing, we forgot about this a couple weeks ago, but I do want to say there's a couple of people who died recently. Dina and Caroline Manzo from the Real Housewives of New Jersey's dad died a few weeks ago, a couple days after Teresa's father passed. So it's just sad news. And then Gina Kehoe from the Real Housewives of OC, who I think was on like seasons one through six, like on and off. Her husband, Matt, died last week, a few weeks after her daughter had lost her baby and so i i feel so bad for that family that's a lot to go through in a short it's sad and like kara did you see kara's post on instagram where she's like daddy now you can watch over i forgot her son's name yeah it was really sad yeah it's it's really really sad and i mean obviously there's no good time to lose someone but you know directly after an absolutely you know gut-wrenching experience it is really terrible well, of course, naturally, I'm really good at ending shows on a really positive note. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, David, we obviously have talked about your show a bunch of times on this, but everybody should go check out our episode on Behind the Velvet Rope. It was probably like a couple months ago, but it was a really funny episode. I never, ever listen back to episodes I'm a guest on because I hate the fucking sound of my voice after listening to myself edit for two episodes a week. So I, the last thing I'm going to hear is more of me. But I had so many people reach out to me that it was such a good episode that I actually went back and listened and I was cracking up. We talked about a lot of different things. I forgot I told you about like my Zac Efron story. Like, God, I love it. It was a funny, first of all, as soon as you said Zac Efron, I'm like, okay, we have to pivot in this episode and talk about this hot man. And um, I'm so honored that you actually listened back to the episode. And it was listed. It was called, for your audience to be able to find it, it's very easy. It's called Bravo Happy Hour. That's the title of it. No surprise. Under my show. Yeah, which I think is a, a good title. I'm like, come on, everyone. All right. Well, tell people where they can find you, follow you, and what days your show comes out every week. 
So you can follow on Apple Podcasts. It's Behind the Velvet Rope. And on Instagram, it's at Behind Velvet Rope. There's no the. So it's at Behind Velvet Rope. On Instagram and on Apple Podcasts, it's Behind the Velvet Rope. We have new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's three times a week. And the show... I mean, listen, quarantine has really made us double down. We used to be two shows a week, but there's so much content that we had to go to three shows. And really, again, our podcast is a little different than other Bravo podcasts. It's kind of split down the middle. In part, it's about me actually hanging out with these people. I am kind of like a mole. It's what happens when the cameras are not rolling. They all think that it's just no one's paying attention. Well, I'm paying attention to everything. So, you know, when I'm hanging out with Luann and she might go back and have a third drink, when I'm with Margaret Joseph and I I wake up in her house and her coffee maker isn't, you know, working and I try to fix it. And now there's coffee all over the floor and Margaret comes down in the morning and she's screaming at me. Like these things really happen. It's all these stories having dinner with Ramona. So it's stories with like hanging out with these people in real life. And then it is a lot of interviews with Bravo guests from Bravo TV shows, whether they're huge and they're a housewife like Sutton or they're like an Ali Ashori who really is named, is not known, but he's kind of the linchpin of the whole damn season of Shots of Sunset. So go and follow Behind the Velvet Rope. That'd be awesome. Or follow our Instagram account. Sweet. Thanks for coming on. And yeah, everybody check out his show. It's really great. And your show's great too. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. 